Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The following podcast contains explicit language. <laughs> It's Wednesday, September 20th, 2015, from Slate. It's the gist. I'm Mike Pesca. Kim Davis, she keeps making news. First, the Anita Bryant of Kentucky Marriage Licenses was given an award for the cost of discipleship at a conference where almost every Republican presidential candidate spoke. Soon thereafter, Kim Davis, the Dr. Laura of Bluegrass State Bureaucracy, announced a party switch. She was turning Republican. The GOP hopes her defection will make up for the millions of Hispanics turned off by what Donald Trump's been saying. And now, now it turns out that Kim Davis, who is a member of the Rowan County Clerkship Dynasty, much like Phil Robertson is a member of the Duck Dynasty. Seriously, Kim Rowan's mom was Rowan County Clerk for 37 years. Anyway, now it turns out that Kim Davis has met the Pope. The Pope gave her rosary beads. She's not Catholic. But anyway, the Pope said, Kim Davis, you keep keeping on. So if you're keeping track of the actual cost of discipleship, it's a major award. An entire party personally woos you to their side. Private audience with the Pope. I'm thinking not since St. Lucy had her eyes gouged out prior to execution has there been such a Christian martyr. But what about the Pope? Let's speak about the Pope. As I said a couple days ago, guy's a fine leader of the Catholic Church, but my gosh, the suspension of critical thought during his visit, like uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo talking about Pope Francis. The Pope is probably in my lifetime the first person who has made it that clear. Uh, and first church official who has spoken to what I believe is the essence of the teachings of Jesus Christ without the complications, the bureaucracy, the rules, the sanctions. Um, he, he is the purest. Yeah, not as purely in step with your particular morals, it turns out, not uncomplicated. I mean, if he's pure then your stances are not pure. I think now we can look back and realize that the Pope's visit was a little like Chauncey Gardner of the movie Being There, where great wisdom was seen in every word when the Pope was just doing what popes do. He was repeating church doctrine. Some parts were emphasized, some parts were de-emphasized. But remember, unlike Chauncey Gardner, he does not walk on water. On today's show... I give my spiel over to Matthew Dix. The storyteller did just that. At yesterday's live show in Brooklyn, we will play all of the story he told. But first, here's another guest from our live show, Maria Konnikova. We reviewed all of the audience's suggestions for Is That Bullshit topics, and we're going to dive right into a question that we couldn't answer last night. It was such a fun, freewheeling, Fernette Branca cocktail-fueled night. And here's the follow-up. So, as I was telling you, yesterday was the live show. I've definitely got a hangover. Not an actual hangover, just a 
all my friends and most interesting people gathered on a stage together type hangover. So what I was going to do is uh, try to chase the dragon, the dragon of is that bullshit questions. Maria Konnikova is here with me one day after she was there with me in Brooklyn during the live show. Hello, Maria. Hey, Mike. And as you know, Maria is the author of Mastermind, How to Think Like Sherlock Holmes in the Confidence Game. But for our purposes, she oversees the is that bullshit brand, the rubric, we asked people coming into the live show to fill out questions, and we read a few of them on stage. But we got a bunch more. Have you seen these? No, I haven't. All right. And let's go through them, and we'll say that if these maybe are ones that, that uh, pique our fancy. Because the one we did at the live show was, remind me again? Beer before liquor, never been sicker. Right. Liquor before beer, never fear. So we'll we'll play that one out full time. And I, I know people are waiting with bated breath. You know, it's like, I got to drink something. Tell me what to drink first. All right. But here are some of the ones that people submitted on cards. Birth order doesn't matter. By doesn't matter, I'm sure he means is that bullshit. But I think that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Very Frank good. Sullivan wrote a book and won a genius grant about birth mm-hmm. order. I'm always quoting birth order statistics. Does eating before a swim really cause cramps? I believe we've done that. That one. is correct. Defunding Planned Parenthood. <laughs> More of a political protest than something to check out by the science expert. Myers Briggs personality test. Are they bullshit? We've, we've done that. Done that one. Does being born in a generation define features of your personality? It's so clearly no, and I've talked about that on the show. There is cheap liquor at the duty-free. Is that bullshit? (laughs) (laughs) Are temps in the 50s really good sleeping weather? Have you ever heard this? No. Temperatures in the 50s? Actually, so I think what he means isn't outdoor temperatures, but your sleeping, uh, your ambient temperature when you sleep. And there is research that shows that you want the temperature to be lower, but not in the 50s. Okay. You want it to be, I think, around 68. We got cell phone or Wi-Fi cause cancer. Maybe we should do something with that, even though. I think so. Yeah. If we were were your late local news and uh, news you and your family need, we'll do it. Sixth sense is a bullshit. Maybe we'll do an ESP one, but it doesn't seem that great for us. Can you refreeze defrosted chicken, beef, and pork? (laughs) Thoughts? (laughs) We have a really interesting audience. What's this word? Is kombucha good for you? Kombucha. Oh, what the hell's kombucha? Kombucha is one of the newest hipster trends to sweep the nation, probably originating in Williamsburg, and it's a fermented tea type drink, but it's kind of a cross between tea and beer almost because it's fermented. Okay. And you yeah. actually use Maybe it from yeast. Maybe we should do yeast. kombucha. I've never heard of it. And apparently, according to all these stores that sell kombucha, yeah. microbiome. Yeah. Here's one. Ooh, we got to do this one. This is a big one. Read that one. Is salt bad for you? Salt is bad. Is that bullshit? I think that's a good one. That's we should definitely do that. Does plucking your eyebrow hair make it not grow back? Interesting. <laughs> I think we should do a whole hair one. We, we get a few hair questions. Yeah, yeah. If you shave it, it'll grow back thicker. If you, there's a lot of things If you about pluck it. a gray hair. Right. If how you, many more come to its funeral? If you dry your hair with a towel, you'll lose it. I don't know. I've been told all the hair stuff. If you walk outside, remember, with wet hair. Yes. Do you die? That was one of the ones of yesterday. Maybe a guest host should do that instead of me because there's a conflict of interest. <laughs> People Can you go are really blind preoccupied from masturbating? How do I even read that if that's true? <laughs> Can your face really get stuck like that? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> or, We're actually kind of covering that today. Okay. Yes. 
And what about the thing with uh, like crossing your eyes or like if you fall down backwards and if you tip over in a chair and fall down backwards? We should do an entire episode devoted to things your mom told you. Can you not drink on antibiotics asking for a friend? That's the big joke now, asking for a friend. It's funny. Can coffee disturb your sleep even if you drink it every day? We've done some coffee stuff. We have. Yeah. Have we done coffee and sleep? I don't think so. Here's a good one. I like this one. It's terse. Shampoo. Shampoo? Question Question mark. mark. We could go anywhere with that. Ah, brown rice better for you than white rice. Is that bullshit? Is monogamy bullshit? The withdrawal method. Is that bullshit? Oh, man. (laughs) Honor the Pope. My girlfriend wants to know, is it bullshit that a man's sperm stays fresh until old age? And the, the person signed it, Mal D., kind of interesting. We should do a sperm one. We should. We should do old and there's, sperm. There's some excellent research on I that. I like old sperm. Yes, I've done some good reading on old sperm. Also, maybe something about fertility, because I mm-hmm. think, like, your chances of conceiving after 35 go down. Like, people may... Maybe we should just do fertility, male and female. Yes. As, as an overarching segment. Yes. I, somehow they're related. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And the last one I have, <laughs> have here, if you join the French Foreign Legion, are you committing treason? That's not a scientific claim, <laughs> and not if you're French, because you can't join the Foreign Legion. But what we're going to do now is— There's nothing about Trump? No, nothing about it. If Trump joins the Foreign Legion. What we're going to do now is one of the ones that we read on stage is ginger—well, let's, let's phrase it in the in-is-that-bullshit format. Ginger, good for your digestion? Now, what are the claims made about ginger, Maria? Well, for— Almost 5,000 years, as far as we know, ginger has been considered a kind of superfood. Yeah. We, we love superfoods, right? Yeah, they always are. So. Yes. Um, and this notion originated in India with Ayurveda, the Indian medical practice. And basically, they considered ginger the universal medicine. Mm-hmm. And so... Of course, they didn't have much other medicine. Right. So so ginger was probably a pretty good bet. Yeah. Imagine if that was the case today, what the guy who jacked up the price of that parasite <laughs> medicine would charge for it. <laughs> so especially, especially when you're experiencing indigestion mm-hmm. or nausea, but also the claims that have been made since then are pain reduction, uh-huh. including arthritis pain, but also just pain from like for athletes, for instance. And that it has anti-cancer properties, mm-hmm. anti-inflammatory properties, mm-hmm. that it probably does something with those free radicals. Yeah. That... Your classic superfood cure-all. Yes. My acupuncturist, which, by the way, is going to be a separate <laughs> Is That Bullshit Mike Pesca Investigates series. She was eating ginger in front of me. Mm-hmm. And she said, do you know why they have ginger? And I say, isn't it to cleanse the palate? And she says, no, it helps with digestion. But she's an acupuncturist. She well, there you go. She believes in the Eastern curative properties. So what'd you find out? Well, so ginger does have a bunch of stuff in it. Okay. A bunch of different compounds. There are things called gingerols. Gingerols? Gingerols. <laughs> Not ginger ale. But gingerols are natural anti-inflammatory really? substances. Really? So so there's there's that. There's something called capsaicin. Oh, I know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And curcumin. Yes. Um, Using growing pains. Exactly. Um, and a bunch of other stuff. But these things each individually, when they've been isolated, have been shown to have certain good properties, at least when you put them into rats or into cells that aren't human cells and you 
kind of look at them in a petri dish and try to figure out what happens. Unfortunately, when you put them in humans, we're not actually sure that they have the same results. So basically, each one of these claims has been tested. Right. Recently, there's been a pretty big meta-analysis of the nausea claims. And it, this was done actually by um, some obstetricians, because if it helps with nausea, that yes. would be pretty awesome for, yes. for women who are pregnant, yes. obviously, because it would help with morning sickness. And it cleanses the palate, too. And it cleanses not, the yeah. palate. We, we have to finish everything with it cleanses the palate, <laughs> right. because, it, because it really does. And unfortunately, they found that there aren't any systematic effects. Mm -hmm. Some studies find that it makes nausea better. Mm -hmm. Others find that it really has no benefit whatsoever. Others find that you need really high doses for it to help. So you really have to eat that ginger. So I guess when you add up no benefit, some find that it does... If you like ginger... If you like ginger, there's actually... So there have been a lot of studies trying to figure out whether it's toxic or whether it can be toxic in large quantities. And there hasn't been a lot of work on that, but so far it seems like it's fine. So there doesn't seem to be at least any downside. No. And it could help with the nausea. Yes. And it could help... And it does help with the anti... Inflammation yes. in rats, though we haven't seen it in humans. Yes. And, and it then, does help. The cancer can't help. No, it? unfortunately, it doesn't really help with cancer, although people are testing it and trying to see mm-hmm. if when you have cancer, you also have ginger supplements, if it helps at all um, because of the anti-inflammatory properties. Mm. Um, so far, the evidence has been slim to none. And then uh, finally, the pain. Yes. And... Unfortunately, there's not very good news there. There have been a few randomized trials of pain, ginger versus placebo, and half of them found no effect. Yeah. And half of them found a very, very tiny effect. Okay. Um, so and once again, has but an placebo's great. Placebo's yeah. great. So if ginger's so, your placebo, and it might yeah. have a tiny effect. Yeah. I'm not hearing a lot to totally recommend ginger from a scientific perspective. Right. But I'm not hearing too many warning signs either. That's absolutely right. And people also like it for diabetes and heart disease Mm -hmm. because, again, anti-inflammatory properties. Once again, and unfortunately, a meta-analysis that was done a few years ago showed that we can't have any systemic claims. It seems like the meta-analysis always squelches the... It does. studies that it does. are rare, yeah. It does. But sometimes, you know, sometimes they say it's not bullshit, right? But don't, doesn't meta-analysis, does meta-analysis have this property of uh, averaging in kind of bad studies? Well, it depends on the meta-analysis. So you only need to, you only want to use a meta-analysis that had good inclusion criteria uh-huh. that said this is how we're deciding what the trials are going to be. We're going to use only ones that had more than a certain number of patients, only ones that were double blind, that were randomized, that were controlled, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Otherwise, if you put in bad data, then obviously it becomes meaningless. I love double blind studies. Mm-hmm. All right, They're the best. Let's, let's render our judgment. Ginger, miracle drug, inflammation, cancer, uh, heart disease, all this stuff. Eating ginger, helping you. Is that bullshit? It helps cleanse the palate. All right. That's not bullshit. We'll take it. But everything else, the claims seem to have been pretty much exaggerated. Although, nothing bad. Nothing bad. Nothing bad about a visit from Maria Konnikova. Thank you for doing that live show yesterday. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for doing this today, Maria. Thanks so much, Mike. And now the spiel. Matt Dix comes on our show. He teaches you how to tell a story. So at our live show in Brooklyn, we had this great idea. Matt Dix, tell us a story. 
1991. I'm 20 years old. I'm working at a McDonald's in Milford, Massachusetts. I'm flipping burgers one night and my boss, Pam, grabs me by the arm and she yanks me into the walk-in cooler. She tells me she has an important question to ask me. Pam is a 40-year-old mother of three who is desperately wishing to be a teenager again. She is the one who buys the beer for the underage employees but insists on bringing the kegs to the party in hopes that one day she'll be invited to stay. Pam tells me that our coworker Lisa is getting married and Lisa wants to have her bachelorette party at McDonald's. I nod. I don't actually know what a bachelorette party is, so I just I just go with it. Lisa is a 30-year-old manager who's been dating this loser named Joe for like 11 years. And for the past five years, they've been engaged. But it's an engagement without a ring or a date. But Lisa has finally worn Joe down through nagging and the withholding of sex. And so Joe has finally agreed to marry Lisa. And the whole store is excited about the whole thing. And I just continue to nod and listen. And then Pam puts her hand on my shoulder and says, we want you to be the stripper for the bachelorette party. (laughs) And I say yes immediately for two reasons. One, I'm 20 years old, so I can only see five seconds in front of me. So I don't see the horror that lays beyond. But more importantly, I have never been a guy who gets girls for my looks. My last girl, Erin, told me that I was really funny, so it was okay that I wasn't as good looking as her last boyfriend. I am a guy with no game. My only move is proximity. I stand as close to a girl that I like as possible for as long as possible, and I hope to wear them down. I am romance's version of erosion, and it works sometimes. It's amazing. But for the first time in my life, a woman has asked to find out what's under my clothes, and it has nothing to do with my sense of humor. Now, this woman is 40, and she desperately wants to be 20, and she's my boss, but it's a start. (laughs) But I tell Pam, I really don't want to be completely naked in front of all of you. And she says, we really don't want you to be naked either. And so she says she's going to bring me a thong that night. And I say, great, because I'm 20, and I don't see what that is going to mean for me. And so the night of the bachelorette party comes, and I show up at McDonald's, and I'm wearing a McDonald's uniform, because that's what they want me to strip out of. And as I'm walking into the restaurant, I'm really excited. Like, I think this is going to be a wonderful opportunity for me. And I feel that way until I make my way into the store. And there's all guys working that night because the girls are all in the back getting ready. And as I walk past the guys, they all have this same look on their face. I have no idea what it means, but it is universal and it is unsettling. It is the first moment I realize that this might not be a good decision. I meet Pam in the very back hall of the McDonald's. That's where we stack all the hamburger and the big back buns and real, you know, big stacks. And Pam hands me an orange thong. And she tells me to put it on under my pants and then put my pants back on and report to the crew room. And so if you've never seen a thong that a man wears, it's essentially a sandwich bag attached to two strings. And as I'm trying to put it on, it becomes clear to me that like Pam has not attempted to size me in any way. Like, I am not trying to be grandiose about my situation at all, but she has gotten, like, the Happy Meal version of a thong for me. And if you've ever tried to, like, put something in a container, and while you're putting it in the container, it pops out the other side of the container, that is, like, what is happening to me 
in the back hall next to a tall stack of Big Mac buns. But I eventually get the thong on uncomfortably and I put my pants back on and I find out I'm still holding my underwear. And it's oddly like a moment where I realize like, oh no, I haven't planned for what to do with my underwear. Like what else have I not planned for? And so I take my underwear and I shove it into the rack of Big Mac buns. They're, they're, they're wrapped in plastic, so it's totally sanitary. And I just, I bury them in there so I know they'll be there when I get back. And I go to the crew room and I knock on the door. And when the door swings open, Pam hits the play button on the boombox and Madonna's lucky star begins to play. And I think this is good because I think music is probably better than silence. When I walk into the room, I realize there is nothing good about this situation. Uh, the McDonald's crew room is like a 10 by 10 room, and it's got an, a booth in it, like a McDonald's booth, and it's got four women sitting at it. They're all like moms who work with Pam during the day. And then next to the booth, there are two chairs, and in one of them is Lisa, the bride-to-be. And when she sees me walk in, and she hears the music begin to cl- play, I can see like the realization wash over her about what is about to happen. And then this look of horror just descends upon her, and I find myself with the same look, because at this moment, I know what she knows, that this is going to be an awful thing. And the woman sitting next to Lisa is Alice. And Alice is a 67-year-old manager who has been like my grandmother for the last two years. And she is bopping and leaning forward and smiling for reasons I will never understand. And in front of them, there are two girls actually at the feet of Lisa and Alice because this room is cramped. So like the women are right here. They're like right in front of me. And at this moment, I do not want to do this anymore. But I know it is like one of these moments where the only way you can get out of it is to go through it. And so I begin. I start taking my shoes off and I discover quickly that there is no sexy way to remove shoes. And I have worn business casual on this evening, so like there are, there are laces to deal with and I have black socks up to the knees. So I get down on one knee and I'm sort of bopping to Lucky Star and I'm maintaining eye contact because I feel like that's important for some reason. And I'm sort of taking off my shoes and when I get them off, I don't know what to do with them. I've never been in a strip club before except for this strip club of my own making at this moment. And I imagine that guys probably like throw their shoes into the crowd. But if I throw my shoes, like it is gonna clock a girl right in the head because she's right here. And so I take my shoes and I put them neatly by the door. And I ball up my socks and I put like one in each. I've decided I'm gonna make a pile by the door for all of my stuff. And then I take my shirt off, but it's, it's, a, it's a business shirt. You know, it's got buttons on the cuffs and I forget to unbutton them because I'm nervous. So as you do that, what happens is you end up in a reverse straight jacket with the shirt sort of, the, and you can't undo the buttons at this point. It's impossible. So I end up having to put the shirt back on and then undo the buttons and then take it back off. And I'm somehow making this horribly embarrassing situation even more embarrassing. And then I fold my shirt neatly and I put it on top of my shoes because I'm going to get out of here as quickly as possible when this is over. And then I'm down to my pants and they're going to be the easiest to remove. If I undo the belt, gravity's just going to drop them. But they're also going to be the hardest thing because once they drop, the only thing between me and these women is going to be a tiny orange thong. And for a moment, I pray that the world will end at this moment. like an asteroid will collide with McDonald's and it will wipe me off the earth and I will not have to move forward in time. But that does not happen. 
And so I undo my belt and my pants drop. And the first thing I realize is this thong is fine because when those pants hit the ground, everything in my body sucks in. And now there is room for like three of me in this thong. It is like roomy inside the thong. And then Lucky Star is still playing. And I'm standing there and I realize like I am going to have to get through this song. And so I dance. Now, all I really do is I shuffle back and forth a little bit, and and Pam thinks it's the greatest thing in the world. She's hooting, and Alice is smiling, and Lisa is trying to politely avert her eyes, which is a thing that no one can possibly do. And I suffer through four minutes of agony dancing to this song. And when it's finally over, I collect my small pile of clothing by the door, And I leave, and I head to the back hall, and I get my underwear out of the Big Mac buns. And I'm putting it back on. I'm thinking, like, that did not go well. But really, it went exactly how it should have gone. Like, that, I should have expected nothing less. And I get my thong. I put it in my pocket, because we are now emotionally attached. Like, this thing is, it's, Pam is not getting the thong back. I will have this for a long time. And I go to leave the store, and as I'm leaving, I pass Brian, who's in the grill area. He's making filet of fish and he looks at me, and he's shaking his head. And I'm, I've just experienced the most humiliating thing of my life, so I'm, I'm angry. So I say, what? And he goes, really, like, genuinely, earnestly, I just can't believe you did it. When they asked me, I said no, like, right away. <laughs> and I look, and all the guys in the grill are just shaking their head at me. It turns out Brian was not the only person that was asked before me to strip at the bachelorette party. I was very far down the list. And as I get in my car, I'm actually hurt. I really am sad. It is ridiculous to be upset about not being asked first to strip at a bachelorette party in the crew room of a McDonald's restaurant. But I am. There are times in your life when you just want to be the good-looking one, or a good-looking one. And I thought that this night was going to be the night for me, and it turned out not to be the case. Thank you. That's it for today's show. Andrea Salenzi, the GIST's producer, was once asked to don the purple dinosaur costume for a four-year-old's birthday party. Figuring this was a euphemism, she did copious amounts of peyote, and yet she was still a hit at the party. Andy Bauer's executive producer was once asked to play the part of a piñata at a Cinco de Mayo festival. He and dozens of partygoers made a significant breakthrough that day. The GIST, we once agreed to play the part of the body at an Irish wake We actually looked nothing like the deceased. We kept scratching our nose. At one point, we got up to go to the bathroom. Strangely, no one seemed to mind. Oomperu, deperu, duperu. And thanks for listening. So what I was going to do is uh, try to chase the dragon. Try to rub rub, uh, the dog's breath. Hair of the dog. All right. So what I was gonna so what I was gonna try to do is try to try to chase the dragon.